Dear listeners, I'm Lauren Conlon, and before you embark on this investigative journey with me, I want to offer a sincere word of my acknowledgement and gratitude. When I, as the host, first set out on this path, I was admittedly very green. I lacked the seasoned expertise and finesse that comes with experience in investigative podcasting and reporting. However, Every story has a beginning and an ending, and this podcast represents the start of my own investigative odyssey. So as you dive into these episodes, you may notice rough edges or moments where my inexperience shines through, but please know that every stumble and misstep has been a crucial part of my learning process, and I've embraced each challenge as an opportunity for growth and improvement. So I want to express my heartfelt appreciation to each and every one of you who was stuck with the story despite my imperfections because Grant's story is important. So your support and patience have been invaluable as I've navigated the complexities of investigative podcasting and your feedback, whether constructive criticism, words of encouragement, or maybe something that wasn't so nice has helped me and helped shape this podcast into what it is today. So without further ado, here is Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day Sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Lauren Conlin, and welcome to Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. I was fortunate enough today to be joined by retired police officer Brian Long, who actually goes by the alias Dale Lawrence for his Crime Solvers podcast, and that's the podcast that I got so much information from when I first started making this one because he had just covered this case. So anyway, he explained to me that as a retired police officer, he wanted to initially make an alias when he started podcasting just to be safe, but he's allowed me to use his name here, so we are all good. And side note, Brian also trains people on how to react when facing active shooters, so you can find his website called identifyreactprevent.org. 
Now, as I said, I used a lot of Brian's research in the first episode of Corruption, but what we discussed today is absolutely invaluable. Brian knows this case in and out. And what he says is that Angie Solomon needs to get a civil suit against Toyota for a wrongful death. And Brian goes on to explain why. He also talks about the position of Grant's body, which somehow I overlooked in the notes, but you'll see, it does not add up. If Grant fell backwards, his head would be facing towards the highway and his feet towards the parking lot. Well, that wasn't the case. So you're going to hear it all in this interview with Brian Long. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So I have Brian Long. Brian, welcome. Hey, hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I mentioned to everybody previously that you are responsible for the Crime Solvers podcast, the podcast that I used so much information from. We appreciate you listening. It's always great. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, of course. I mean, I we appreciate you doing all the work on this. So um, in order to not reiterate too much, we're not really going to go so much into your podcast with those details. I'm going to ask you some other things. But firstly, can you just give everybody an idea of your background? So my, my background is from 83, 1983 to 1987. I was in the Marine Corps. I worked for the diplomatic security section of the Marine Corps, working in embassies throughout the world. After that, I worked with juvenile corrections in Massachusetts. I went on to get my master's degree from Boston University in crime analysis and interpersonal violence. Mm. I joined the Beverly Mass Police Department in the early 90s. I did 32 years there, just retired. I was a crime analyst. I worked community policing. I was a school resource officer. Wow. Wow. I mean, you really, well, you just, I mean, see, it's so crazy. So after I stumbled across this story about Grant, it gave me really no hope in law enforcement because of what they did and, um, or what they didn't do, I should say. And from what you just said, it just brings me back and makes me feel so much better that people actually care. And um, there's people like you out there. So There's a lot of guys in law enforcement and gals who are excellent. They're very dedicated. They're motivated. They're highly proficient in their job. And the department in Gallatin kind of puts a bad twist on law enforcement, I believe. Yeah, it's funny. I actually got it. So people are coming out of the woodwork and telling me so much stuff. And I got a message today about Officer Ty Wilson 
who was the, uh, I don't know yeah. what you call it, the leading officer on the scene. The, the, the investigating officer. Thank you, yes. the investigating officer. Well, I got literally two messages of people being like, that guy is such a dick. He pulled me over for, they're like, he was such an asshole. He thought I was on my phone. So he pulled me over and I wasn't. And he was just such a dick about it. And I'm like, okay, cool. I guess it's like a known thing in Gallatin that this guy's not super great. But anyway, I, I digress. We talked a little bit offline and you said a couple things to me that were, oh, one of them gave me chills. So let's, let's go back and talk about the truck. So in your podcast, Grant's truck, the Toyota Tacoma, yes. in your podcast, you had mentioned that the parking pole was not defective. So if a car like a Toyota is, is rolling down a hill, the parking pole should work and it should essentially stop the car. It should have some kind of automatic brake, right? Basically, what should have happened is that he put the car in park, Grant put the car in park, mm -hmm. he sat in his car and he got out. If there was a defect in that motor vehicle, meaning the parking pole was defective, then mm -hmm. that car could have rolled down the hill, even though it was in park. And I can tell you a quick police story. Yeah. Well, the, the Ford cruises years ago, I put it in park. I got out of the cruiser and it drove forward and it went into the back of the station. It was defective. Oh, and it was in park. okay. Because it was in park, but that should not have been the case with Grant. Should not have happened unless there's a defect in that particular vehicle, five star safety rating, no reported defects of the vehicle rolling backward for no apparent reason. Now, you said something so, so wonderful about a civil suit and how this could have been the key to getting some answers here. Now, please, please just share that with everybody. So we already know, and you've gone over it in your podcast. Mm -hmm. I did it in my podcast and many other podcasters did the same thing, that the law enforcement didn't do a thorough investigation. So what could have happened or what can still happen is yeah. when you do a civil suit, if the family decides to sue Toyota for wrongful death, meaning that the vehicle was defective, Toyota is going to send accident reconstruction specialists to grab that vehicle, to go back on scene, to interview Aaron, and they are going to come to a conclusion whether or not their vehicle was at fault. Because if you were suing them for $5 million, they're yep. going to be 100% thorough. Aaron would not want that because the true answers would come out of a civil suit if someone decided to sue Toyota. Now, would Angie Solomon be able to do this on her own or would she not be able to do this without his cooperation because he was there on scene? I wouldn't think because you're basically going to be suing Toyota for a defective or a allegedly defective yeah. vehicle. So Angie being the mother of Grant yep. on behalf of him and on behalf of his death she would go follow, follow through with that. Now, I don't know if there's a statute of limitations. I was just going to ask that. that. It's been three years. Would, is it state by state, the statute of limitations I would, here? I'd say it would be state by state. I wouldn't believe there'd be a statute of limitations on that because I think a lot of defects in vehicles don't come out until five or six years later. That's very interesting. So this is something that she could potentially do. And now this is, again, why we have this GoFundMe out there because there are so many things that, you know, need to be done, but obviously cost a lot of money. So 
This is yes. something. The civil suit is super interesting. I think that that that's a really a really good idea. I've testified in car accidents in civil suits mm-hmm. in which the insurance company, their investigators, crime scene uh, crime scene investigators, accident yeah. reconstruction investigators, they are on point. They are on the money. And I yeah. learned this as a young officer to be more thorough because they ask so many questions. They go through so many details. These guys are highly, highly professional. And if law enforcement isn't going to do this investigation, which they already haven't, mm-hmm. then that's another route that they can go because the insurance company will definitely do a thorough. You're right. If they're suing for $5 million, you bet your ass they're going to go through Absolutely. every single detail and grill Aaron Solomon until until the truth comes out and until, you know, what they deem makes sense to them is, is what I'm, I'm thinking in my head. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And something else you mentioned, um, the position of Grant's body. Can we go over that really quickly? The position of Grant's body when he was found versus Aaron Solomon's story as to what happened and why it doesn't make sense. So Grant's truck rolls over him. So he would fall backwards. And as he's falling and then as the truck is dragging him down the hill, his head should have been positioned facing the roadway and his feet should have been facing the building, if that's how it happened. Unless he got tumbled underneath the vehicle, but then again, he had no injuries that would show that. But when they found his body, when his body lay under the truck, his head was facing the front of the building. It It was the opposite of what it should have been. So that now, how sorry, the- how do you know this? Because I I guess I did not see any photos or pictures of the way I only saw pictures of the truck. That was that was articulated in some of the readings that I read in regards to where his face was, where it should have been. Okay, I, I somehow did not the get these, these readings. I did not. And you would think that that would be huge, like huge. That's absolutely huge. That is that is. Unless, like I said, unless his body would tumble under the truck, but he would have had broken arms, broken legs, abrasions, torn clothing. Yes, burns. burns. Exactly. And so what what in your mind would cause his body to be positioned that way? You're not accusing anyone, but from your experience, what would you say that was? We mentioned that in our podcast. If Mm -hmm. he didn't die the way Aaron stated he died via an accident, then was there a confrontation at the bottom of the hill? Mm-hmm. Was Grant struck in the head with a rock, a baseball bat? Was he pushed to the ground and he fell and hit his head? And then did someone drive his vehicle over him from the roadway, a staged crime scene? Mm-hmm. I've been to staged crime scenes before. They're very obvious. Okay. And now something that has come up a few times because I've played, uh, you know, I've played audio clips of, let's say the, the employee at WPI and the reenactment that Aaron did with Angie at WPI. And it's very noticeable that it's on a very busy highway and all you could hear is cars going back and forth. I mean, how is it possible that no one saw anything or no one, you know what I mean? It seems so crazy. I, I saw the same thing because I did a Google search and I got yeah. a Google map view. Right. And I said to myself, there's a lot of traffic. This was a Monday. This was in the morning. It wasn't a holiday. People are going to work. Why didn't anyone see anything? My experience in law enforcement is that 
a lot of people are not aware of what they see. They okay. may have saw a truck on the side of the road and just kept on going to work. A lot of people don't want to get involved. But the fact that if they had read the newspaper a day or two later, they would have found out there was a death there. And if they had seen anything, you would have thought that they would call law enforcement to provide information, a witness. So that's very confusing to me why no one saw anything. I had a thought like, and again, it's like you said, why no one would come forward after. But one of my thoughts was maybe somebody saw Aaron on the phone and the truck in the ditch and they're, you know, they'd slowly drive by and he's like, no, no, I got it. It's good. It's good. Kind of waving them off. But then wouldn't someone come forward a few days later and say, wait a second, I saw him. He acted like happy-go-lucky. Everything was fine. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because initially they're not going to see the body because it's under the truck. I would think most compassionate humans, if they saw a person get hit, they would stop. But you're right. I think they might have just saw Aaron at the base of the hill as though it's a minor car accident. And they thought nothing of it. Exactly. And this is what made me uh, think about the employee. Because I think that... The employee saw Aaron Solomon out there and Aaron didn't really seem to have any urgency because if he did, if you're that employee, wouldn't you rush towards them, try to help figure it out instead of just kind of sauntering back inside and calling your manager and saying, hey, you better get down here. Something's up. Absolutely. We did a whole analysis on the 911 tape. Yeah. How I've answered thousands of 911 calls. Mm. People have been suicidal. They found their son or daughter dead of a drug overdose. They've gone to car accidents in which people have been gravely injured. The panic and the distraught and and the nervousness in their voice. I've I've been to calls myself where I've been the first one on scene of a Mm. bad car accident. And I can barely even speak over the radio. I was so distraught. Yeah. And Aaron Solomon was calm as a cucumber, showed very little emotion. To most law enforcement officers who have heard that tape, and I played that tape to a few friend, a few friends of mine before I went on the podcast, Yeah, and they all said, yeah, something is not right here. This guy is showing absolute that's what my dad no said. emotion Wait, in regards to his son. I, my dad was like, before even listening to the whole thing, because I, I put the, or the, the call first, my dad was like, there's something very wrong with this man. And again, the fact that he didn't go into the ditch to help his son or be with him while he's on the phone is probably the strangest thing that I can think of as a parent. I mean, as a parent, I just, I am, my mind is, I'm just, my mind is blown. I'm dumbfounded. Most parents will risk their own life Mm -hmm. to save their child. Right, right. And it's, it's very obvious from the backstory that Grant and his father had a very tumultuous relationship. That morning, Grant did not even want his father there. He did not want to see him. He did not want anything to do with him. Um, So I don't know how much that backstory is going to help in Tennessee because it, it seems like this has been a push and pull for the last 10 years and no one seems to believe the Solomon kids and Angie Solomon. They only seem to believe Aaron, which is, I think, why we're in this situation you know, that we are right now. Absolutely. I think initially this whole scenario with Grant's death could have been, the conclusion could have been found very quickly if the responding officers had mm. just secured the scene, called in an accident reconstruction specialist, which they have in their own department, yeah, and got the answers. There's really no mysteries in law enforcement. Yeah. The only mystery is why 
didn't the responding officers go through all the steps they've been trained to do when there is a death, a suspicious death, an unattended death with only one witness being the father? Right. So they dropped the ball from the minute they got there to the 57 minutes that they left doing their investigation. Yeah. And I mean, I, I've tried to look, I guess, on the surface of connections between the Gallatin PD and Aaron Solomon. And, you know, I can't find any on the surface that doesn't mean anything. But the fact that this man was a public figure, he, you know, he made himself known around town. I, I have to think, you know, he was part of this children's charity. I, I have to think he made donations to maybe certain certain charities that were important to these these people that were in power. The I just, charities. Well, I, you know, I don't. Well, that's that's different. The law. I just really don't know. I'm I'm trying to figure out why they would protect him when. You know what I mean? Where it's like a, a child is dead, basically. A young, I know not technically a child. He was 18. But why protect this guy? I think a lot of times when law enforcement officers, especially if they're, let's say they're inexperienced, but these officers were not inexperienced. Right. But a lot of times you'll roll up on a scene. It might be a celebrity or a sports athlete. And for whatever reason, people give them more credit than they, they deserve. They, they're, intent, mm-hmm. they're more inclined to believe them than the average person on the street. They might have been a little starstruck. They might have said, oh, this is Aaron Solomon. Whatever he says to us, that's what happened because I've seen him on TV for the last three or four years. I believe him. That's the biggest mm. mistake that they made. They right. shouldn't have be- You should never believe anyone in law enforcement. You should go on your instinct. You always run a parallel investigation. You look at it as a potential accident, mm-hmm. and then you look at it as, was this something more sinister? Was this not an accident? Was this a possibly a homicide, a manslaughter, or a murder? And, and they dropped the ball at that point. Right. And no, now 100%. they can't go back now. They can't go backwards now because if they go back, they're going to admit that they dropped the ball. And everyone from the patrolman who responded to the patrol sergeant who was in charge on the street to the mm-hmm. officer in charge of that shift to the captain in charge of detectives, yeah. to the officer who's in charge of accident reconstruction, to the chief, this seven or eight, nine, ten people all in that chain that dropped the ball. So they will never admit to anything. But that's so that was sort of my next question. Cases get reopened all the time. And now with all this coverage, and it's not crazy coverage, but between investigation discovery, your podcast, mine, people are coming out of the woodwork and they're they're talking about how nobody tried to find the three men that were supposedly at the scene. And they're saying, you know, these three men could really have answers because the WPI employees saw the three men. Now, why? So you're saying police most likely would not reopen this on their own because their asses are on the line. Absolutely. Why would they? They have too much to lose. That's why you go the civil route, you sue Toyota, and they're going to reopen the investigation and they will come to the conclusion. Well, then let's say they do come to this conclusion that we are looking for. I mean, can, are these Gallatin PD, are are they, are, are they still at risk of being fired? Because like, what would, you know what I mean? Like, I want, I feel like I want them to pay for this. Like, this is awful. I'm kind of curious that the climate down there, does everyone protect each other? Are the politicians protecting the police? Is the district attorney's office protecting the police? 
why are they protecting these people? And all you had to do was do the job that you were trained to do, be passionate about it, be empathetic toward the family who lost a child. That should motivate you to do the right thing. I agree. Whether, whether and, a, yeah, no, go yeah, ahead. Whether, Sorry. Well, yeah. Whether you're a unmotivated cop and has a bad attitude and is mm. disgruntled and can't wait to retire, put that aside. When you go to a accident scene or any type of scene where there is a death mm. involved, you owe it to the family to let them know what happened to their son or their daughter or their loved one. So they can kind of go on with the rest of their life knowing this is what happened to my son. It was an accident or right. it was a homicide, whatever the conclusion is. Right. And um, it's just, it's the, the sloppiness also of the, them leaving his goggles behind and his cell phone, his cell phone. I mean, that right there could have answered a lot of questions. I feel like on the scene, but Going back really quick to what you said about um, them all protecting each other, I've been sort of trying to avoid this in a way uh, on on this these podcasts, the first couple anyway, just because yes, there there are crazy rumors about Tennessee and about how corrupt the GOP is there, and and you know um, how they're the the people at the schools are corrupt, and and they're all working together. So I don't have proof of this. I just have from you know examples that people put uh, on YouTube or TikTok and, and things that seem to be very, very sketchy. But I guess I don't want to touch on that yet because I don't have proof, right? That, that's a tough subject to look mm-hmm. at. But, but if you just look at this case, just look yeah. at this case. Why hasn't any political leader or law enforcement person stepped up to the plate and said, hey, we owe this family justice? Yeah, Regardless you're, you're right. If the responding officers just completely blew this case from the minute they got out of their cruiser, and then yeah. everyone else in the chain of command didn't step up to correct their mistake, we have to overlook that and we have to get to the answer. And if someone has to fall, if someone has to get fired, someone has to get sued, then that's the way it has to be. Because I think the integrity of law enforcement as a whole, mm-hmm. especially in this town of Gallatin, and this is a nice town. I looked up. Yeah. It's a very safe, very, very safe community, mm. upper middle class community. It's a nice place to live. They don't have a lot of crime there. Their police officers are not overworked. This right. isn't Baltimore where you had a car accident where they have 700 murders a year right. and they can't investigate it. They yeah. have one murder a year in Gallatin. They have three or four fatal car accidents a year. They have a very low crime rate. Their officers have a lot of time on their hand. Yeah. I work in a similar community. We had a lot of time on our hands. We had a lot of free right. time. Yeah. So when you get a case like this, if you have pride in what you do, you will do the right thing and you will see it through. That didn't right. happen here for whatever reason. I don't know. Right. And that's what I think we have to get to the bottom of. But I do think that you you really made a great point about the civil suit with Toyota. And I think that right now, that might be the answer. That really might be the answer to get uh, the information that that we feel is missing. I shouldn't even say we feel the information that was missing. Period. And it shouldn't it shouldn't be a mystery because all you had to do was do a thorough investigation, secure the crime scene, call in the professionals. Mm. Patrol officers are not professionals in accident reconstruction when it comes to a death. Right. They can see some obvious things that I'm looking at. These are some obvious 
inconsistencies that we spoke about in your podcast and mine, but mm-hmm. to get a thorough examination, get get kind of the, the, the science behind what happens to a body when it tumbles down a hill, what yeah. happens to a body when a vehicle lands on it, what happens to a human being when they fall and hit their head, what right. happens when they get struck in the head by a rock or a baseball bat. You need medical experts and you need accident reconstruction experts to get the answer to the questions we're looking for. Right now, it's a mystery. shouldn't be a mystery. It should not be a mystery. And the fact that 98% of people who hear about this and actually look into it like you've done, like I've done, are still like, this doesn't make sense. It's a mystery. The professionals, the Gallatin PD, nope, case closed. We're good. It's it's yeah. mind-blowing. Law enforcement people, objective law enforcement people, you can fill a room with 20 people. Yeah. We can listen to a couple of podcasts on this, throw some pitches around, give a little backstory and within an hour, they're all going to come to the conclusion, yeah, something is not right here. Yeah. I don't believe this is an accident. Now, I don't know what happened other than an accident. Was it some sort of a, like I said, a, a manslaughter or a pre-planned homicide type situation? We don't know that because we didn't have an investigation. We can only right. speculate at this point. But law enforcement people who have a little seasoning, mm. five or six years of seasoning, look at this and shake their head and say, Something is not right here in Tennessee. Something is not right. Brian, you are you are spot on, my friend. You are spot on. Um, is there anything else that you want to add in, in general think, about this? You know, I'm a huge supporter of, of law enforcement. I, I spent 32 years. Some of my best friends are in law enforcement. My best friends are chiefs and patrol commanders, and we support each other. But what cops don't do, they don't support bad police work. They don't support bad cops. And I think mm-hmm. a case like this makes law enforcement as a whole, unfortunately, look incompetent, look bad, look corrupt. But that's not the message I want to give. And that's not the message you want to give. But in Gallatin, Tennessee, something is corrupt down there. There's a culture in that police department that needs to be corrected because to allow mm-hmm. someone potentially to get away with a lowest crime here, a manslaughter, an accidental death that was covered up via a car accident. I don't know how you could live with yourself as a cop. You look in the mirror knowing that you did a really bad job and there's a there's a mother and there's a daughter. The rest of their life, they have to worry about what happened, what really happened to their brother. You have you put that in perspective. You have to be pure evil to be able to to go along with it. And I'm, you know, I'm not certain that all of the cops on the scene were fully aware in the moment of what they were being told and what they were, what they were doing. I'm, I'm almost certain some of them were like, wait, what you want us to do? What we we can go? Like, I think a lot of them were order takers and there was maybe one or two pulling the puppet strings. Absolutely. I, I've yeah. seen that before mm-hmm. four or five, six cops on the scene, the officer who's in charge of the scene, that call is assigned to him he, he was probably abrupt. I don't know what he had going on that morning. I don't know where he had to be, but he wanted to be in and out of there in under an hour. And he did. And he the did. other cops listened to him. Yeah. And they followed whatever he said to them. And at this point, they're not saying anything. That thin blue line is kind of in effect here. But they have to live with the fact that they were on that scene. They listened 
to that cop. And I think yeah. he gave them bad advice. And that's something that'll stick with them throughout their career. Cause I yeah. did some things in my career that I made mistakes on my, some of my, some domestic calls and you go to certain crime scenes. You're like, why did I do that? And you yeah. think about it your whole career. Nothing oh. to this point. Yeah, like of course. No, but I can tell you hold yourself to a very, very high standard, which is so respectable. And something I'll add with some of these cops, I don't know if the ones on scene were necessarily rookie, if they, you know, if they were somewhat new, but I can imagine that if they saw what these guys are capable of, they're not exactly running to come forward and be like, Hey, let me tell you the truth. Because then, you know, they're going to lose their job. They're going to think about possibly losing their life. <laughs> if so, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I can't fault them because it takes a lot of courage and a lot of, you got to have, you got to be really confident and really secure to come forward and make claims against, you know, other police officers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in this case, unfortunately, they don't have, there's no evidence out there. Mm. We're looking at it after the fact. We have, exp- you have experts on with the, with the doctor you had, Dr. Maria. Yeah. Yeah, the other Dr. Day, Maria. He gave a really good perspective on what happens to a to a body in, in, in a car accident. Yeah. yeah. And these cops, they don't have a lot to go on. All they can say is that my gut instinct tells me that this isn't the way it should have gone down. And then the officials in the in the department, they're all going to cover their ass here. Exactly. And the district attorney's office, they're going to cover their ass. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, you, you don't have a leg to stand on, patrolman. You just yeah. stay in your place and we'll deal with it. Because you don't have anything other than your own opinion of what you saw. And if it isn't backed up by science and evidence, then all we can do is speculate to this point. But I, I really strongly believe that the, a civil suit will bring out the attackers and civil suits. Yeah. Like I said, I've been in a couple with car accidents. And I would have anxiety three or four days knowing I had to testify in a civil suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this, this is amazing. This is literally amazing. I mean, I can only imagine Aaron Solomon will need a diaper that week. He'll be just shitting his pants left and right. So I'm um, sorry. That was, yeah, that was gross, but bulldogs. what's up? They're very good bulldogs. <laughs> yes, yes. No, absolutely. Well, Brian, thank you so much. This has been absolutely invaluable. You are just amazing. I have to say you are just an amazing person. Well, thank you, thank you. I, I'm really proud to know you right now. I, I really am. This is, this is great. So thank well, you so much again. Podcast can bring some more light. You, you have a lot of backing, more, more backing than we had in our podcast. <laughs> you have a lot, you have a bigger voice and hopefully you can ruffle some feathers and get some yeah. people to get off their ass and move on this. The family deserves so. it. I hope so. Yes. The family does deserve it. And, you know, I have to say this might not be the last time I'm going to bug you for, for some stuff. So I'm retired. So I'm fine. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. Well, thank you again, Brian Long. Thank you. All right. You heard it from a retired police officer himself. I don't know what more anyone would need to hear to be convinced that there was foul play involved and that this police department is involved with some kind of corruption. All right. Stay tuned for another episode of Corruption. What happened to Grant Solomon next week? Thanks for listening. Hmm. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.